Oh, I can't wait for next Thursday. We're one week away, Brett, from uh, the NFL Draft. This is Guru and the Wiz again, uh, looking to uh, do a little bit more dissection of uh, the NFL Draft, which will come up, like we said, a week from tonight. How are you doing, Wiz? I'm doing really well. I mean, I think, you know, we... Under normal circumstances, we'd be really excited, you know, with the draft being a week away. But I think there's like a real added enthusiasm, um, you know, a real desperation to take our minds off things. And uh, this draft is just, you know, coming up just in time. And, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's the only game in town right now, really no other sport. Although, actually, I was pretty excited to see the PGA actually put a – schedule out there uh, you myself and our buddy Jimmy we have those uh, weekly golf pools that we do so I'd love to get back to doing those again um, unfortunately those have taken a little bit of a hiatus as well under these conditions but that's one sport that has actually announced uh, a schedule I think they're going to look to start playing again uh, June 11th so yeah normalization would be great obviously we do know that safety is is of uh of the highest uh, need at the moment, but uh, at the same time, we we do need to look forward to things, and, and the draft is something that we're looking forward to, and, and what we're going to do here uh, in this particular episode is start to look at particular teams' needs for this coming draft, uh, and what we'll do today is we'll start with the AFC East, and then we'll move on to the AFC North for this particular episode. So um, Brett and I talked a little bit about about the Bills. Um, we're pretty excited about this roster. They made a number of off-season moves. Uh, they have they traded away their number one pick for Stefan Diggs. And this is a team that probably is going to be favored for the first time in a long time in the AFC East. So looking at what they have, Brett, uh, the seven, seven picks uh, they have for the uh, upcoming draft, pretty traditional uh, in terms of where those picks are. Um, what are you kind of thinking for the, for the Bills in that they don't have a number one? Their first pick will be the 54th pick in the draft. What are the Bills going yeah, to be looking to do? So, I mean, I, I think that the, the Diggs trade is a little bit more than just Diggs for a first-round pick. They gave up other picks in this draft. And um, this is the draft we really want to have picks. This draft is just very, very deep in talent at almost all of the positions. So they gave up a first round pick for Diggs. You know, they, I guess they figured they wanted a wide receiver and um, they were not going to get a player with as, you know, certainly as, as good as Diggs for, for a few years until the player developed. So I guess to that made sense, but giving up other picks in this draft, I think could come back to hurt them a little bit. Uh, I think the bills kind of just have two needs. Uh, I think they may want to have draft a running back to give Singletary, uh, I guess, a, a compliment to Singletary. So I could see them addressing the running back. But cornerback, I see that. Uh, the problem for that, for the Bills in that area, is that cornerback uh, is one of the positions that's not great in strength. Um, they're certainly not going to get the number one cornerback in, the, in this draft. So I think cornerback and running back, kind of the positions that they are going to address. Maybe uh, you know some on the defensive side, some of their players' contracts are running out, getting a little older. So I kind of see Buffalo 
addressing the running back need uh, to go along with Singletary at some point. Um, and, and, but you, I think, you think that's first... with a, is that going to be with a bigger back, you think? Uh, you know, because that'll complement uh, Singletary a little bit more? So, so a little bit more. No, that, yeah, I think I think they will do that. I, I, yeah, I think I think they will do that. I think they're going to address the defensive side of the football first, uh, and then they'll go in there and take another. Because Singletary is only a second-year player himself, so they're not going to want to pick another running back with that early of a pick. But defensive side of the football, running back, I, I think they're set at a lot of the other positions on offense. So that's that's how I see it for the Bills. And it is a little tougher, like you said, you know, given the fact that they don't have a high number, they don't have a number one and they don't even have a high two. So, you know, you're looking at a team that's a lot of talent is going to be leaving. Um, Josh Norman, who they brought in in the offseason, is certainly not the answer in that secondary. So I'm in agreement with you, secondary and running back help. I think depending on what happens, like you could see them, I think you could see them add someone like an edge rusher as well. So, you know, not an eventful draft for them in, in that they don't have a lot of picks. Uh, but, you know, the, 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 the team that we're next going to talk about is a, a completely different story, and that's the Miami Dolphins, where the future is now. This is a team with 14 picks in a very thick draft. Uh, needs all over the field. They hold the number five pick in the NFL draft. So... You know, obviously, a lot has been discussed in terms of the quarterback position for them. Ryan Fitzpatrick capably holding down the fort and probably will do so again this year. And, uh, you know, the noise around whether they take Tua or, or Justin Herbert is picked up, though. I, I'm more in the camp that, that Tua is the guy that they're, they're looking at to be the face of this franchise, despite some of the health risks that, that he poses. But this is a team that I think needs players all over the field. Uh, if you're going to bring in a potential future quarterback, you better have some guys on there to protect them. So I see quarterback, offensive line, uh, and running back as probably being the biggest uh, additions to this team. Uh, would you agree with that, Wiz? Yeah. So yeah. So this is the type of draft that Miami could turn their franchise around. This is a draft that's laden in talent, as I mentioned. They have. 14 picks in this draft, the most in, out of any team. And they have a whopping six picks in the first 70 picks. So let, let's talk about the mathematics of that. While every other team essentially picks once every 32 picks, for the first six picks, the Dolphins are going to be getting up there basically one out of every 11 picks in this draft in a draft that has tremendous talent. So they, they will take their preferred quarterback with that number five pick, I believe, whoever that may be. Certainly when you get a young quarterback, you want to protect him. So um, I believe, you know, they have 18 and 26. They're going to address the offensive line with one of those picks. Wide receiver and running back, two positions, that have a lot of talent and a lot of depth. So their first four picks, which are 5, 18, 26, and 39, will be quarterback and then in some formulation after that, running back, wide receiver, offensive line. It's a deep draft. They have many more picks after that. This is the type of draft with this amount of picks, 
with the talent in this draft that the Dolphins can completely turn their franchise around. Um, the circumstances of the draft where it's not going to really be a war room with a lot of guys, um, I'm not sure if that's going to be helpful or a hindrance in this type of situation. But at the, you know, the, the bottom line is this is uh, a crucial season and draft for the Dolphins. And uh, they have a real chance because I think everyone realizes that the Patriots are coming back and uh, there are teams that are ready to take the mantle in that in that division. Yeah, and we and we we talked about this uh, how how well they finished the season last year. They played hard for their coach. I think there's a huge, huge, huge like um, in, in around the area for what Brian Flores did last year. I think I think management is very pleased with what they've done, and it's a crucial pick when you when you're going to make. You, um, you know, number five pick in a draft, and it's potentially the face of the franchise going forward. And I'm in complete agreement with the way kind of the draft lays out for them. So, however, they have their draft board ranked where, where players come into play, who they who they want to take. They're going to have the pick of the litter, basically having four picks within the in, within the first 39 and six within the first 70, like you said. So. So really, really happy and excited to see what they can do. Um, I've got a good friend out there, Scotty, who's a, who's a big, big, big Dolphins fan. We've been going back and forth on it, so he couldn't be more excited for that. And, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Dolphin fan, that's for sure. Don't forget about Eric Bad News Brown. This guy has uh, been a, a diehard Dolphins fan for when they've had their worst days, has gone to watch games there. I mean, oh, yeah. he's uh, – and he 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 loves Miami, and uh, he's I know he's going to be fired up for this uh, for this draft as well. Does he have his Tua jersey already, uh, Wiz? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure if he has his Tua jersey. He could switch that to Herbert, depending on what the Dolphins do there. But before we move on to the other team, this draft is set up perfectly for the Dolphins because they could get. Um, the players that they have real needs for, and those are the positions that there is tremendous depth, and not only tremendous depth, tremendous quality depth. So I'm looking and excited for big things from uh, from the Dolphins in this draft. Yeah, excellent. And um, strange place to be with the New England Patriots uh, in basically rebuilding mode. They do have 12 picks in this draft, but Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot. Uh, Bill Belichick is putting on his best stone face and describing what that's going to be like. Very businesslike uh, on to Cincinnati, as we like to joke around, um, you know, even though they have 12 picks, a lot of those picks are very late in this draft. They have the 23rd pick in the draft and then they have nothing in the second round uh, and a couple of late ones uh, in the, in the third round. So they need everything um, because they're basically rebuilding. You know they haven't replaced Gronkowski yet. They've done a terrible job drafting previously at wide receiver. They're going to need probably a a, a ferocious pass rusher. Uh, I think they'll need that, and they're probably looking for some help at the quarterback position. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the Patriots? Was I think good news and bad news for the Patriots coming into this draft. The good news. As we've gone over, there are a lot of depth in this draft, and they have 12 picks. The bad news is I think their first glaring need, tight end, 
there's nobody really out there that's going to be a playmaker that's going to make them a difference, make a difference for them in this type of draft. So it's a real need that I just don't think they're going to resolve uh, in this draft. Uh, they also, uh, n- nobody's really quite sure what they're going to do with quarterback. Uh, nobody quite under, you know, can, can place the finger on what, you know, Bill Belichick feels. Do they have confidence in Stidham? Are they ready to move on from Stidham? Do, is the Hoyer signing an indication that they want Hoyer to like kind of guide Stidham and they're going to maybe not worry about that position? You know, the, the, the Pats, you know, need, they they need some players all over the field. Um, as you mentioned, certainly on defense, tight end and quarterback, certainly on, on offense. And um, I'm not sure there, there are players out there that could help them at some of those positions. And the thing is about quarterback is by, by taking a quarterback early, are you basically saying that our early, you know, the pick of Stidham last year was another bad offensive pick? Are you kind of, you know, admitting to that by, by, by going after a quarterback early? You know, the Patriots have a lot of picks. Um, not a lot of early picks in this draft, so they kind of have to make the early ones count. Um, so I'm not sure in what way they're going to address it. But um, I, I think they will address and they will draft a quarterback, but I'm not sure which player, how early, or what they're going to do with it. Because nobody really has a, has a grasp on how the, how the organization feels about Stidham. And I wonder too, like you know, you mentioned tight end. Is it possible that someone like Belichick, who does have a lot of picks, makes maybe a call to his friend uh, Saban? Uh, you've heard names like O.J. Howard, who's so far been a disappointment. Could they make a trade? You think? Are they a candidate to look to add talent that way uh, in, in, on on draft day? Yeah, I mean, I think. He, he he makes trades on draft day, but it's usually not those type of trades. He usually likes to trade down, accumulate picks. Um, he doesn't need to do that in this type of draft. I, I guess anything is possible. Um, I, I guess they they could, but I, I don't see anyone in this draft helping them that much at tight end and and the. And the quandary they have at quarterback is by taking another young quarterbacking, are they just moving on from Stidham? Uh, are they going to take a quarterback that early or are they going to wait to take a quarterback? So I, I think um, they will eventually address that position, but they have other positions as well on, um, you know, in, in the secondary linebacker. And um, and they're just not going to resolve it with tight end. So they have a lot of picks. That's the good thing. Um, they, I guess they're going to hope that some of these some of these guys do pan out. That they're going to take a flyer on kind of later in the draft. Um, but it's kind of for the first time in I would say twenty years there are all kinds of question marks regarding the Patriots. Yeah, it's pretty incredible actually. And uh, we'll we'll finish up the division with. Um... The Jets, you and I both know uh, a lot of uh, very cursed Jet fans uh, living in this area. Um, this is going to be Joe Douglas's first draft as a GM. Uh, there is currently a number of players on this roster that are looked at as very questionable in terms of what they're going to be able to do to help the team, uh, including players at, at, at the important positions. Um, their first-round pick last year so far has been 
an underperformer. Uh, you know, maybe the Jets do view, the, uh, view themselves as kind of the Bills light. You know, they did win seven games last year, so you give them a little bit of credit for that. Um, they don't quite have the assembly of talent, of course, that the Bills do. But, um, you know, I think Greg Williams did a great job with this defense last year. They have a fairly traditional draft uh, in that they have a, a one-two. They have two, three round, two third-round picks, uh, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth-round pick. So, oh, actually, two sixes. So they have eight picks in this draft. Uh, including the number 11 pick, I, you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking at one of two positions, uh, depending on who's available. I think the Jets are going to go either for one of those stud wide receivers at 11, or they go with one of those big linemen at 11 to protect uh, Sam Darnold. And I think they'll continue to build on that defense with some of their other picks. That's kind of what I'm looking for from the Jets. How about yourself, Wiz? Uh, I think the Jets are one of the teams that I think they could and should trade down. Um, you know, from that pick, if they can accumulate another pick and move down some spots in the draft, I think that would make sense. As far as Jets fans being cursed, I mean, we all know full well what the Jets can do to, to the mindset of a person, as evidenced by one of the great episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm this past season. Oh, that was fantastic. So we, we 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 very know what what you know how how tormented uh, Jet fans can be from from watching them, but I, I think you're right. I think yeah, I think it's kind of evident. Um, offensive line, they want to they want to shore that up. There's a lot of depth, wide receiver, a lot of quality depth. Do you really want to take? wide receiver that early when there are a lot of good wide receivers. If you could, you know, move down a handful of picks, even in the twenties and accumulate another pick, I think that would be the move. But if they don't do that, I think they got to kind of look at maybe, um, you know, a choice, you know, who they grade higher at the position lineman or wide receiver. They did sign Perriman, um, in the in the offseason deal so i guess they want to add another wide receiver but i think protecting donald could be what they want to really do most so unless there's a wide receiver that they just grade way above everyone else that is just sitting there for them you know it, it depends all about the the, 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 what the what the team feels if they feel there are basically five six eight receivers more or less bunched together and there's not much difference then you want to take the best offensive lineman if you have a a uh, a different type of a board where there's a clear-cut wide receiver he's waiting there for you at 11 you never thought you were going to get that player then then you take him i think that's what it boils down to but i think what really would resolve the issues best for the jets is a, a trade down in them yeah i think other than that i think um that's basically their their first needs uh, yeah, and I th- uh you know offensive line and wide receiver and i think looking at, at that 11th pick you know they're going to have potentially an opportunity to get one of those top three or four tackles that that, that people uh, that we'll discuss obviously uh when we do our preview of the draft but uh you know they're in an interesting spot they're definitely in an interesting spot here all right, so uh, AFC East is wrapped up. We're going to move on to the North and the Ravens, who are in a really interesting situation for a team uh, that had as strong a year as they did last year. They have five picks in the first 106 uh, picks. So, 
you know, they don't need, at least on the surface, I don't think they need a lot on the offensive side. We could argue that they may add a wide receiver here. Um, they they have made some signings on defense, but they may be looking they may be looking to bolster that defense uh, for the future. Uh, how are you looking at this team, uh, Wiz, for for this upcoming draft? I think they if they want to do two things in this draft. Uh, I th- I think I think that they think that Miles Boykin is going to be a better player than and then he showed in season one. It really didn't have the chance. So I, I think they drafted two young receivers last year. They're not going to be overly concerned with that. I think they, they want to kind of see if there's a player that they can really with in this draft that they haven't kind of been able to do with. Um, so linebacker, uh, possibly, and, and definitely offensive line. Look, this is what the Ravens want to do. They want to pound you and pound you and pound you and pound you and then make big plays through the passing game. So they're another team that um, will, will th- those will be the two positions they address, offensive line, linebacker, and then, and then kind of go for there. They're kind of set at some of these other positions. Um, they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're in good shape. Uh, maybe a wide receiver somewhere along the draft, but uh, I, I think their 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 first needs that they're going to go after are, are offensive line, uh, as many teams are, and linebacker as well to kind of see if they could get somebody to plug in there that could uh, fill the, the void that CJ Mosley left when he uh, went to the Jets. Yeah, I think they have two voids, right? They have the the, the void of Mosley, which they haven't replaced yet, right? And they also have the void with Yanda retiring. So, uh, you know, very, very good, very good points by you. And, uh, you know, I think uh, well articulated. So um, the Cincinnati Bengals have the luxury of uh, picking at the top of every round. They have seven picks, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, obviously the number one pick in the draft. I don't think there's a lot of debate around that. Uh a rookie coach last year seemed to be in over his head, uh, a terribly run organization historically, uh, aged talent kind of in a couple of spots. They probably need help on basically every part of the field for them. So what is the game plan for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals? I think the Bengals, although they, they've been so poor for, for so long, they're going to, with their first two picks, number one, obviously, take Joe Burrow. I, I think this two injury has made a team, you know, made this decision a lot more difficult. I think had that not happened, they, they, you know, there would be uh, a real discussion about those two players. And, you know, m- most likely Cincinnati would have botched it, uh, which they seem to always do. But in this kind of situation, you know, Burrow is kind of the guy that, they, you know, nobody's at least I've never wavered from the fact that they're going to take Burrow. And then with their second-round pick, they're going to take the best offensive lineman available. You're drafting a franchise quarterback who, who you feel is going to be your guy for the next decade. The next pick has got to be what you feel is the best offensive lineman on that board. Uh, it's clearly what they're going to do. After that, they're going to address other needs. But I think, I think you know, it's going to be Burrow, second pick, best offensive line available, and then they're going to kind of go from there uh, and structure it that way. I don't see any other way it's going to go for Cincinnati. I'd be completely surprised if their first two picks in this draft were not Burrow and then the best O-line 
been available. Yeah, and I think, you know, they get they get the interesting um, thing for them is Jonah Williams, who, who was their first-round pick last year, was out all year. So he, he'll, he'll come back, too. So potentially that offensive line, you know, two-fifths of it, will be uh, some, some really young talent. And, and I think, you know, they'll be able to get – yeah, of course, they're not going to get one of those – stud tackles that, that people have talked about, but there, there there will be some interesting players that they'll get a look at with that second pick. So, all right. And uh, the Cleveland Browns, who, uh, you know, they made a lot of moves in the offseason. They have a new coaching staff. Uh, pretty much probably set at the offensive skill positions, I would say, uh, given their moves. So, to me, this looks like a team that's going to be looking at, uh, you know, with four picks in the first hundred uh, I, I think this is a team that overall is going to be looking at um, offensive line help and, and linebacker help because they lost a couple of those guys uh, via free agency signees from them. Uh, how are you thinking about them, Wiz? Well, let me, let me be more specific about Cleveland than I've been about any team so far in this draft. The Cleveland Browns, with their first pick, are going to take an offensive lineman and they're going to take the best offensive left tackle that – they have on their draft board. It's what they have to do. They got to protect Baker Mayfield. Um, they have a new coaching staff in there. They are going to run the ball. They certainly have the talent to run it. I think Nick Chubb is as good as any back in the NFL. Kareem Hunt can do a lot of things as a complimentary guy, kind of like a 1A guy to Nick Chubb. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, skill position is okay. Their defense is better than what it showed last year. Their offense with some bad mistakes, turnovers, poor coaching, put them in bad, bad decisions, you know, put them in bad situations often last year. So I think with better time of possession, running the ball better, executing better on offense, that will lead to much better showing by the defense. I think talent, you know, it, it was better than what it displayed last year. So as far as Cleveland goes, it's 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 as clear as day to me. Sticks out as a sloth, as a sore thumb. They are going to take a offensive lineman, and that'll be an offensive left tackle that they have uh, on their on their draft board with their first pick. No no question, that's what needs to be done. And uh. You know, I, I would have said with last year's coaching staff, they'll probably take a punter with their first pick. But with this co- coaching staff, I, I like them to to do that and execute that. All right. Very well. And uh, last team in the division is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who made a very strong trade last year to bolster their defense. They, their number one was traded to pick up Minka Fitzpatrick. He's paid, paid dividends last year. We'll think he'll continue to pay dividends in that secondary. Um, they don't have a number one. Their first pick that they do have is, is number 49 in the draft. And then, then it'll pick, then they do not pick until number one Oh two. So the Steelers, I think they're looking at only six picks and really they have a, a, a two, a three and, and two fours as their top picks. So I, I have been of the belief that they're going to add some James Conner help somewhere in this draft. That's uh, that's one thing I do feel. Ramon Foster uh, did retire, so I think they'll have to add some offensive line help. And this defense is a, is, is a work in progress in that it's really working very well. They, they added some nice pieces. It was one of the stronger defenses in the NFL. I think you know they'll, they'll, they'll look to bolster that uh, on a continued basis. Uh, how are you thinking about the Steelers this year? 
Well, we, we, we both know a lot of Steeler fans. Um, oh, yeah. Good friends who are long Steeler fans. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky and Nuno, uh, the golden hands. Yeah, he, he, he lives and dies with, with his uh, black and gold. But when I look at current rosters, uh, considering talent, age, contracts that are coming up, and then combine that with this year's draft, the picks, where they're picking, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in big, big trouble. Uh, I, I, I could just see them really falling, believe it or not. I, know, I never thought we'd see the day, but I could see them falling to the basement of that division uh, relatively soon. They have one pick in this draft with tremendous talent and depth. They're only picking one in the first hundred picks, one pick in the first hundred, only six overall picks in this draft. They need offensive line help. They need defensive line help. They really need a lot of things. I'm not sure they're convinced. Um, You know, they, they, they feel maybe they got a couple of good young receivers to go along with, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and, 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 and they like James Conner, but they may also take another running back. They need help in several areas, offensive and defensive line first, but they could be completely candid here. When you have one pick in the first 100 picks of this, you know, type of draft, there's not much you're going to accomplish. And, and then having uh, only six picks total, there's just not much you're going to do to really bolster your current roster. And, uh, you know, I, I just see some of these other teams in this division, you know, the Ravens just were clearly the best team and the Browns and Bengals have, have a chance to really improve themselves. So I'm not liking at all what I see from Pittsburgh. If you, consider all things with their current roster, contracts, age, and this upcoming draft, I, I, I don't see a lot of good things for Pittsburgh, to be honest. Ricky and Nunu are not going to be happy about that. But uh... <laughs> No, a lot of people are not going to be happy with me for saying that, believe me. But, you know, it's just, it's just how I feel. And uh, I don't know, do you, do you see it a different way? Do you see, no. you know, if you, if you look at the current makeup of their roster, positions all over, and then only having one pick in the first hundred and six in this draft, while a bunch of teams have 10, 12, 14 picks, you know, do you envision a good future the next several years for Pittsburgh? I mean, you know, no, what, and, do you, what do you think? No, and they have an aging quarterback, and which is, you know, I don't know how he's going to come back from that injury. Um, and like I said, they're going to have to replace an offensive line loss. So, I, yeah, I'm not feeling good about the Steelers either. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit uh, afraid of what they're looking at. But uh, that's, uh, that's how the, this works, and uh, they're going to have to deal with the ramifications of that. Um, this has been a lot of fun talking about uh, these two divisions, and we're going to be back with the uh, AFC South and West next. Wiz? Well done. Thanks a lot. Been fun. Yep. Been fun.